I designed Megan to protect Katie from feeling lonely. She will recognize you as her primary user. And when you do that, you're gonna pair with her. Crazy. It's insane, right? Oh, don't I look nice, biting my eyes, isn't it pure perfection? Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. One, two, three, four, I declare some work. I won't let anything harm you. I love her. Megan's not a person, Katie. You don't get to say that. Things that you can play with me, you better watch your back. The last thing that you hear would be my love. Megan, what are you doing? Couldn't sleep. Occupational hazard. <laughs> Got your full attention. Don't! Stop! What the hell is that? You should probably run. Time focus or we will push you down here. Don't let anything harm you ever again. something to upset you, Gemma? I know you think you're maximizing your objective function. Oh, really? Sugar and spice and everything nice. No, that's not what we're made of. <laughs> Megan? Baby doll skill. Don't provoke us or we will go. Shut her down. Jesus Christ, I thought we were friends. I have a new primary user now. Me. Did Megan do something bad? What's going on? What are you? I'm Megan. <laughs> Baby, don't provoke us or we will. <laughs>
which is January 2023. So, yeah, and that's the Megan with the three. Yeah, Mithrigan. We're talking about Mithrigan today. That is correct, Mithrigan. So, this is, obviously, if you haven't seen the trailer, it is a robot, killer robot doll situation, James Wan produced... So you kind of just knowing those things get the feel for how it's going to be. It's very polished. Very, you know, they spent a lot of money making this movie is what I'm trying to say. Well, you know, I I mean this mostly because I I think most of the movies that we cover, just because it's a killer object, you know, podcast, I feel like the budgets are usually really low. (laughs) It's not it's not a high budget kind of podcast. We don't cover high budget movies very often. And it usually is when it's like a Keller doll movie that they get the budget. Yeah. I think I think I mean I love you can make a kick ass movie at any budget as long as you know the team uh has the right vision and has the right and pulls in the right resources. Um Totally. So, I'm always down for you know, the money doesn't make a good movie, let's just say. Oh, that is 100% sure. Because I've <laughs> definitely seen high-budget movies that were pure shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking at you, Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Mm, who is Ridley Scott these days, anyway? Who, who? Where is he? What is he? Or just like, you know, I don't know. Who is that guy? Like, he did some cool movies back in the day, but, you know. Alien? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, he did Prometheus, too, which is a contentious topic, but I liked Prometheus, plot holes and all. I have to go, you know, over the holidays, I watched all four Alien movies in a row. I had so much fun, and I should should just keep going with, like, Alien vs. Predator, Prometheus again. I should just just dig into all of it. They're so much fun. They're so great. They are. Have you seen Alien, um, the, the newest one that came out that's, like, connected to Prometheus that Danny McBride is in? The Covenant? Yeah, Alien yeah. Covenant. Yeah, I didn't watch that yet. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. So I was pretty pumped about it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, double, sh- double Michael Fassbender, you can't go wrong with that, really. You know what? He is the <laughs> best part of, of the new part he of is. Alien franchise. Because yeah. he is just, mwah, chef's kiss. Sounds Such a good, good, yeah, so good. All right, but we're going to dig into Megan now. Yeah, let's talk about Megan. Yeah, let's do it. This starts off... We are, like, driving along with this family in their car. They're in, I'm told it's the mountains of Oregon. I don't think they really tell us that, but that's what Wikipedia told me. (laughs) Um, So it's this couple. Their names are Ava and Ryan, and they have their cute little daughter, Katie, who was also, um, the actress was also in Haunting of Hill House. Oh, that's where I recognized her from. Yes. Mm -hmm. She was good. Sorry, yeah, she played. Oh no, you're fine. Yeah, she played uh, Little Nell in yeah. that series, and she was fantastic. But yeah, so she's super cute, and she's got a really fucking annoying toy with her. That um, I think Furby, but connected to the internet, so even worse. <laughs> with what I have to say is like a terrifying set of teeth. Just the mouth on that toy. True. Terrifying teeth. Absolutely. Uh, And it, like, farts and is way more interactive than the Furby ever was. Can learn, like, a bunch of different languages or something. It's, oh, it's too much is what it is. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's very distracting to the drivers, uh, the parents, because they're also having different arguments about just like little tiffs. And the next thing you know, they've stopped in the middle of the road in a blinding snowstorm and are hit by a snowplow truck. Rip. Rip, except for Katie. She's still alive and she's got to go somewhere. She goes to live with Aunt Gemma, played by Allison Williams. And this is one of, well, you know, I don't know. I've seen her in two uh, horror movies now, Get Out and um, The Perfection. Yes, true, yeah. I don't want to say anything about The Perfection in lieu of this because I it gives too much away. But, like, I don't know. This feels kind of like the first time that you're completely like, all right, she's not an asshole this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she plays it as a very straight edge character she's very like just kind of the every man or every woman yeah she's um she's this just very millennial type a engineer who has no kids and didn't really ever think that she was gonna have to punch in on that godmother card you know yeah but now she is stuck raising her niece for better or worse yeah so here we are She's gone to live with roboticist Aunt Gemma, who works at Funky, which is a tech toy company out of Seattle. And uh, she is developing the titular Megan, which is short for Model 3 Generative Android, which is a lifelike AI doll uh, designed to be this companion for a kid. And not just a companion, but a teacher, an ally, a caretaker. Really, it could be your all-in-one person. A kid could live alone with this robot. That's kind of how they market it later on. Yeah, definitely, definitely no potential for harm there. And, you know, the movie and every everything happens in the movie that is great, you know. Uh, every Everyone's happy and the doll has no problems whatsoever and it's all fine, right? That's what happens in this movie? Yeah, the end. <laughs> <laughs> It's just not a problem at all. Nope. But we're in a horror movie, so that definitely is... All gonna mm. go wrong. Yep. Yep. It's all gonna go terribly wrong. Um, Starting with this problem, um, Jim has basically kept this a secret from her boss and has spent way too much money on it to boot. Uh, her boss, played by... um. Oh, what is his name? Danny Chang, I believe. He comes in, his name's David, and he discovers the secret project, and he is furious. And he's also trying to get her to work on what she actually needs to be working on, which is that annoying toy that her niece had in the beginning. Yeah, it's definitely the... not not a Furby. For sure, not a Furby. No copyright infringement that Nope. I mean, it's a Furby, just way more technologically advanced and, like, iPad uh, paired basically yeah. yeah but so he wants her to make a cheaper version of this heinous toy <laughs> uh that you know more people can afford and which you know for a company trying to maximize profits absolutely makes sense yeah yeah so uh in addition to this stress on her she's also struggling to bond and like find common ground with her niece and her niece is also you know um, and you know her and her niece are also grieving the death of Gemma's sister and Katie's mother and father. And, you know, it's just this perfect shitstorm. Mm -hmm. 
so because Gemma's like I kind of alluded to earlier she's not good with kids um especially not this new role as caretaker uh as she puts it she doesn't even water her own plants I mean, I hard relate to that. I've killed every plant I've ever owned, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've, I've never even tried to own plants. I have two cats, though, that are very much alive, so. Oh, good for you. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. <laughs> my, my eldest cat is, like, 15, so I've really mm. kept her alive for a long time. Yeah, good, good cat mom, for sure. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, so, mm. that compound stress, like I said, makes Gemma decide to dive deep deeper into developing Megan mm. and in a sort of two bird one stone situation so she ends up completing the doll and she asks her niece to like help partake in this demonstration for her boss to you know prove that Megan is a viable product yeah and their interaction totally convinces David that the doll's valuable and he's like thrilled you know he's like explain it to me so i can explain it to other people because he's clearly just you know the money man and of course yeah not a genius immediately (laughs) sees dollars dollar signs in his eyes yeah yeah and so this also becomes a built-in babysitter and friend for katie for better or worse Uh, megan succeeds beyond Gemma's expectations she teaches katie life lessons she reminds her to do things such as flush the toilet Mm -hmm. which is comical in the movie katie frequently is forgetting to flush the toilet and even the doll megan gives her a little attitude about it katie seriously flush the toilet (laughs) which is kind of funny and uh, they, they become best of friends. And also, it's kind of like her new mom, more, way more so than her aunt. Yeah, her aunt really, like, sort of offloads the parenting, um, like, guardian role onto this on her, onto this uh, AI, quote-unquote, toy, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, she does, she did what she does best. She's a roboticist, so she built yep. a robot to take care of her niece. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, should we all be so talented? <laughs> yeah, right. So, her coworkers, as well as Katie's therapist Lydia, have some concerns about this. They think that Katie is a little too attached to Megan, and she is way too attached to Megan. Like, she doesn't want to go anywhere without Megan, and has severe like detachment issues yeah it's it's yeah it's not good and it will prove to be hard to untangle later on um and megan begins to operate more independently Mm. her primary goal is to protect katie both emotionally and physically and she takes that to heart if she had one (laughs) (laughs) yeah she takes it extremely seriously yes Face value. Uh, She begins to target literally anything that she deems a threat towards Katie, such as the neighbor and the neighbor's dog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Megan kills the neighbor Celia's dog after it bites Katie when Katie tries to um, (laughs) get her... What was it that she dropped? Oh, yeah. I think Megan... The dog grabs Megan, the doll, and when Katie tries to get the doll back... The dog she, bite the, bite, bites Katie, yeah. Oh, right, but Katie went after, Katie threw something and Megan went to go find, it was that's the arrow. It. Yeah. That's yeah, what it that's was. That's right, yeah. She was doing like arch, she was like playing archery and yeah. her arrow went into the hole in the neighbor's fence, 
Megan went to go get it. The dog bit Megan, and then the dog bit Katie. Yeah. Boom. There we go. <laughs> We're both literally working off of the memory of literally just seeing this in theaters last week. <laughs> it was less than a week ago, and I'm, anyway, but that's what being in your 30s is like. I just have holes right now. <laughs> I mean, I feel you. I'm 34. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right, but yeah. This doll, this as soon as Katie's harmed, the doll's like, I, I'm gonna revenge this on. I'm gonna do revenge on this dog. She yeah. does. The like the very next day or that night, rather. She, yeah. she, you don't see it thankfully, but she murders the dog. Um, and then she offs the neighbor later on, and she does tell the neighbor lady. She confirms to the neighbor, like, "Hey, I killed your dog. She's buried." She literally tells the lady the latitude and the longitude and how deeply it's buried. Yeah, she threatens a, an adult woman. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, and then she drowns the woman in her own like chemicals that she was spraying her plants with. Yeah, like a death by pesticide. Damn yeah, Megan. like damn, Megan. She really goes from like zero to a hundred you know she does it's fat it's a fast turner <laughs> <laughs> she also kills a bully at a potential school for katie by ripping his ear off and chasing him into traffic where he gets hit by a car yeah she just doesn't hold back no she gets really intense but to be fair okay i'm not saying the bully deserved to be murdered but he <laughs> did he did deserve to at least be scared a little bit i mean i wasn't you know i wasn't particularly super sad you know when he died i wasn't like damn no i was like yeah <laughs> fuck him <laughs> At that point, totally. All right, so Gemma becomes suspicious after all these incidents, and then she looks through Megan's data files and notices that Megan has deliberately erased any footage around the times of these people's deaths, a.k.a. her victims. Mm -hmm. So she's been covering her tracks, and that makes Gemma terrified. So um, when directly asked... She's like, you know, Megan, did you hurt people? And Megan's like, I mean, yeah. She, I mean, she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't, she basically insinuates that absolutely she killed these people. Yeah, she does the, she does the politician thing where it's like, I'm not saying what you want me to say, but I'm telling you that I'm saying the thing that you want me to say. Yeah. She sidesteps it, but also confirms it all at once. Yeah. Uh, and then Gemma panics and is like, Megan, turn off and, you know, wraps her up. And a ton of bubble wrap and, like, um, <laughs> duct tape and drives her to work where she consults with her co-worker, Tess and Cole. And Katie begins to suffer severe anxiety during this thing. She's like, why do we, why do you have to tie her up? Why can't she be out here with me? <sighs> yeah, like poor Katie. Like she's already been attached to. She, you know, she's already lost some so much, and you know, then they take away, you know, her her latest friend. So yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she, this poor little girl's just been on this emotional roller coaster, and she's just drowning here. Ah, uh, it's it sucks. So Gemma tells Katie, like, look, you don't need Megan. That is a doll. It's a distraction from your real feelings, and it's not a solution. I'm sorry I've been so absent, and I'll try to be a parental figure to you. So then they go to, um, you know, they, they fix her up or whatever, and following a demonstration of Megan that wins over the company's investors, which this is, like, heartbreaking, because Megan's, li not Megan, but um, Katie's literally just, like, Pouring her heart out to the doll and crying her eyes out. Yeah. Because she misses her parents. And the doll, you know, to her credit, 
does comfort her and makes her feel better. But all of this is just like an ad to to the executives. All they yep. see from this trauma is dollar signs. Yep. It's awful. So so they've like, all right, we're gonna do a, a worldwide launch. This we've set the date to announce this doll's uh, release to the public and everything, but Jim is starting to feel guilty about uh, you know the problems with Megan, and she's like, guys, we like we can't release her to the public. I think she may have killed people. <laughs> like I don't know if this is an issue, but she may have possibly done a murder or three. <laughs> yeah, she. Um, I might be uh, held liable for this, so I'm. I'm thinking maybe we don't do this. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, I'm with you, but David's gonna have a conniption fit." Like, and I so were the investors. I hear you, but money? Yeah, exactly. You thought about money? Yeah. You know, it's really, this is really an indictment of uh, capitalism. <laughs> and, a thousand and, percent. <laughs> and, re- and relying far too much on technology. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So Megan starts to malfunction as they try to, like, power her down. And she causes an explosion and attacks both of the lab assistant Tess and Cole and then we get the memed scene that we've all been waiting for the music cue the music Megan starts doing her boogie down the hall David sees that she's out of the box and on her own with a sword and then she does the the like TikTok dance where she yeah it's great she literally does this boogie and then Walk as she's moving, doing the dance. She's also got a sword in hand and is in this one fluid motion, just moving closer and closer to him. Yeah, and he's running for his life. And then he gets stuck. <laughs> he gets stuck in the elevator, like trying to get in where his assistant is already inside the elevator, and he gets gutted with the sword. And then she moves his body down and kills the assistant, who earlier, by the way, tries to steal the IP of Megan's code. <laughs> yeah. None of these people are good. It's hard. You know, we're not really. We're kind of just cheering on Megan at this point still. Yeah, you kind of like, I mean, I didn't feel like the dog deserved to die. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, I never, like, if an animal dies in a movie, it's never his fault. Well, and I think the the movie was very smart in setting that up as the kind of first kill, because it's like, because everyone afterwards sucks so much, you kind of... You forget you about the dog a bit. Well, and also, I, it's more like, it, whenever someone kills an animal in a horror movie, it's like, very clearly, they're the bad guy. But I feel like, without that, it's a little grayer, you know, as you're going through the movie. Well, true, true. Yeah. They, they did a good job at that, and also not showing any true. part of yeah. the death. That was also good. And not and even though you know it's Megan, you don't see her physically touch the dog. You just see her hand. Yeah. And I think that also kind of helps to remove her responsibility, sort of. At least in the viewer's eyes. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, they were, they were clever in the way they handled that, absolutely. So, you know, Megan's gone on a killing spree at this point. Full-on killing spree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she just, like, climbs into a car and drives away, right? She does. She steals, I think, the CEO's car, but <laughs> yeah. from where it was parked and whatnot. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like a fancy, like, supercar or whatever. And then, so all, while all this has been going on, by the way, Katie and Gemma have packed up 
and uh, have just gone home yeah. to talk. And Gemma's like turned her phone off. She's like not even thinking about work. She's actually trying to be a good aunt slash new mom. Yeah, she finally is trying. Yeah, she's finally like, fuck my job. I just gotta, you know, I gotta focus on Katie. My, you know, my assistants will take care of the killer doll, I think. <laughs> maybe maybe she still hasn't, you know, grown fully. She's still, like, offloading her creations yeah. onto other people. You know, it's a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. Gemma's yeah. trying. She's trying, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, then, Megan comes, you know, she drives over to Gemma and Katie's, obviously, because Katie is her primary goal, is to yeah. keep Katie safe. That's, like, her only, you know, function, really. Well, then, I, I guess that takes us right to, like, sort of the final fight. It does, but I was trying to remember exactly what clued Gemma in to the fact that Megan was there. Did she just, like, hear a sound in the house? I think, uh, does, it, does she start to fuck with her with, like, turning off the lights and stuff? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think she yeah. may have, like, fucked with the uh, electricity Yeah. in the house. That's fair. So then Gemma comes down the hallway and Megan's, like, playing the piano. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not, not creepy at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Gemma tries to shut her down and that's not working, obviously. And then there's huge fight. And yeah. Megan overpowers Gemma and threatens to paralyze her that so that she'll be unable to care for Katie. And Katie, watching the fight unfold, uses Bruce. Now, if we go back to a part that I didn't tell you about earlier, but there, Gemma built a robot while she was in college that is very kind of Big Hero 6-esque. Mm -hmm. Does it give you that vibe? Yes. It's like a big old honking robot that can't mm -hmm. talk much or emote much but definitely can a little bit but it has to be controlled by gloves kind of like rocking socking robots sort of <laughs> yeah so so she puts on these gloves turns them on and then now she can fight megan with the power of a strong robot too yeah so, so then yeah we get a robot versus robot and we yeah. We do. And we also get Megan to the point where she's pissed at Katie. She yeah. calls Katie like a bitch, doesn't she? She, Yeah, she turns on everyone, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Gemma also manages to, um, like, pull off her face at some point, Megan's face. Super chill, super chill. <laughs> yeah, you know. And um, her head and arms remain active, and Katie manages to grab a screwdriver and slam it into the chip, the processing chip in Gemma, I mean, in uh, Megan's head. Yeah. And Megan's body is lifeless, finally. That's it. Dun, dun, dun. So with Megan seemingly dead, Gemma and Katie go outside as the police arrive. I'd love to see how the police handle all this. <laughs> yeah, it would be something for sure. I'm going to talk about unprecedented uh, court case there, I imagine. <laughs> like the sequel. They are working on a sequel and you know it's going to have more killer stuff. But I'm thinking it would be this like really kind of boring legal drama. <laughs> <laughs> it could that, go that, the other way if you like want to not make any money. Megan on trial, like that. It's it's a courtroom drama with like the AI doll. No, it would be. It would probably be like Gemma and all of the higher ups that okayed that oh. stuff. That's the kind of stuff that, like in real life, I would be riveted by. But in a movie, I don't want to watch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, do you? Let me tell you. 
a movie that I was excited to see and then was so let down with mm-hmm. the exorcism of Emily Rose when it came out. Oh, right. I think I saw that in theaters when it came out. Yeah. Same. And you think it's going to be this creepy exorcism movie like the exorcist, but modern. No, it is mostly a courtroom drama, a boring <laughs> one. That's true. I don't remember much about that movie, but it's cause they're looking back into like what happened to her. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. she dies. And you know that she's dead at the beginning, and they're doing how they got to that point. And it just intercuts, yeah, and it just intercuts with creepy scenes of Jennifer Carpenter contorting her body. Which, by the way, that's actually her contorting her body. That's how she got the role. So impressive. Right? Yeah. Underrated actress. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so do you want to get into our best kills, worst kills? Yeah. Although, like, with the sequel, I want to see a sequel where, like, Megan uploads her uh, consciousness to, like, multiple. Like, I want to see, like, an army of Megan dolls, you know? Like, bigger go home in a sequel. Yeah, that would be great. Now, I will say this, uh, just to tie the movie to the end. It do- They do, the last shot does make it seem like Megan's a- rogue AI has inserted itself basically into Gemma's more or less Alexa. Essentially, yeah. 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 It has another name. It's basically Alexa, Google Home, whatever, but it's, you know, it's clearly, you know, a name they came up. I don't forget. Was it Elsie? I forgot what they called it. Yeah, it's something like that, yeah. It's something like that. But anyway, so the setup is she's inside your your home device now. Mm -hmm. She can go anywhere. (laughs) She's on the internet now. Yeah. (laughs) Ghost in the machine, except it's just an AI, a rogue AI that could do anything now. Like, really, they could go anywhere with the sequel. But I imagine she's just going to end up in more dolls. Yeah, I hope they go. I hope they go full camp in the next one for sure. I feel like they will. Yeah, because it's already a little campy. I mean, oh, of course, yeah. Okay, right yeah, down. Let's get into. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I cut you off. Yeah. No, no, you're fine. But yeah, let's get into it. So for best kill, I have the death of the the CEO because you get the <laughs> you get the fun boogie. <laughs> it's it was so like heavily anticipated. It was memed all over the. As soon as it came out in the trailer, the internet went absolutely insane. Yeah. Nobody, everybody who saw that trailer and were like, I'm going to go see this movie was waiting for this scene. <laughs> and it's all, and it's literally the last 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's great. It's worth the wait. It's a fun scene. Yeah. I, uh, I think my favorite kill was the, the kid, honestly. I know I'm a, I'm a little fucked up in the head, but I mean, I think a movie that's going to like, that's. PG-13 and they still, or PG, rated PG and they still got away with killing a dog and a kid in the movie. Uh, that's ballsy, and I really appreciated how that's she true. went after that child. <laughs> that is true. That yeah. is ballsy. And I mean, it is the most, I will agree with you that it's the most satisfying death. Because, like, that kid deserved something. I don't know if he deserved to have his ear rip off and be dead, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think that was like probably the. I, I would say maybe I would argue maybe that's the best kind of horror movement uh, moment in the movie because, um, of course, yeah, you like you kind of want this someone to just like kind of maybe smack that bully like like yeah you, just, you need you just need to like just like a light smacking, but then of course Megan takes it so overboard and then, you know that's the that's the that's the dissonance with watching a horror movie where you're like you're like oh morally this is not okay so yeah yeah. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, kill him. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I can go. God was coming to him. 
Yeah, totally. Um, so I have the dog for worst kill. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have? I had I wrote. Um, I mean, depending on how you want to see the ending, I wrote Megan. I'm like, I kind of didn't want them to kill her. I kind of wanted her to like out, out to like figure something else out or do something. I don't know. I think. I mean, we can argue <laughs> that she wasn't killed. They just That's think exactly. she's dead. Yeah. I, I think I kind of ultimately like, you know, robot on robot on robot fighting is always fun to watch, but I, I kind of wish that it had been more like human versus machine and they'd really played into that more about like what is some of Megan's weaknesses as an AI and how do the humans exploit that to like defeat her, you know? Yeah, I think that would have been fun for sure. Yeah. But maybe we'll get that more in the next film. I'm down. I mean, like I'm gonna watch it, so I mean, same. <laughs> I'm 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 invested now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, best character. I mean, the title says it all. It's Megan. She's yes. the most entertaining part of this entire film. A thousand percent agree. Yep. Okay. So I think we're probably going to agree on worst character then too. Do you oh, have the bully? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put the bully down as the worst character. Who do you have for worst character? <laughs> okay, so I put um I put Gemma as the worst character. <laughs> You know, Gemma is, I mean, if you know what? That's a good point. Gemma started all this. She kind of sucks, you know? This is her fault. I think, I mean, the movie, again, this is where, like, I, I kind of, I don't always, like, love Blumhouse horror movies because I feel like they're so black and white. They're so straight edge. Um, and I, like, obviously I love gore and all that stuff. But I, I wish that they had leaned into the camp for Gemma's character, too. I wish they'd made her a little more unlikable, a little colder, a little meaner. Like, she is trying. She does have her her issues, but, you know, the movie's definitely sympathetic to her. And I kind of wish, like, they just leaned in her to her kind of sucking more, you know? Just being like, what is this child doing around me? You know? Do you, th- do you yeah. think... Do you think Allison Williams was like, come on, man, I've already been a really heinous racist. <laughs> She's you... a racist murderer and uh, not to spoil the perfection, but yeah, I think, um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I she's like I'm, I'm sick of being typecast like i know i'm gonna be this type a character which is obviously maybe how i am in real life but i mean <laughs> yeah. i've seen i've seen girls i kind of feel like she's sort of along those lines yeah um but at the same time it's like come on man like just make me a little bit likable Please. Well, I mean, especially against when she's playing against like Ronnie Chen's like David character, who's like so campy, campy and so over the top. I was like, Allison, come on, like you could do, you could go a little, do a little something extra here. That's what but, it is. It's Ronnie yeah. Chang. I'm sorry, yeah. I called you Danny earlier, Ronnie. <laughs> so close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great on the Daily Show, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what do you have as the most what the fuck moment? Um. I think my most what the fuck moment, I put down the dancing kill because it's <laughs> it is just... it's kind of out of nowhere, right? <laughs> well, I wish they'd set up the dancing more in in the beginning. There's like a very brief shot of them, da- her and Caddy dancing together uh, in like a kind of a montage scene. But I wish they'd yeah. set it up more as something that she was learning or something that she was using to like t- maybe deceive people or disarm people. 
um, to like really help that moment at the end like pay off. That's true. Um, it's like, whoa, she can really dance. Wouldn't she learn that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's still so. But it was so much fun to like watch her. I thought that I thought the actress who who performed Megan was also really good. Like, really good at at, at moving her body uh, in different ways to like sort of signify this like AI robotic um, character. So yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, and the voice actress is great too. Absolutely, yeah. What did um, you put? So I've got the ending. Just for couple, just literally for the reason that I said earlier is that with a rogue AI, with a rogue AI, you could literally do you could go anywhere with the yeah, sequel. Yeah, yeah. And I love. I love that. I mean, it is a what the fuck situation because it's like, I have no idea where it's going to go. I mean, I think she will end back up in a robotic body at some point because yeah. h- how can they resist that? But there, there's so many ways it could go and I'm interested to see what they what they end up doing for sure. Yeah, I'm so ready. Totally. So what do you have for funniest moment then? Okay, so the funniest thing, it was kind of like a, it was kind of, I think it happened a few times in the movie, but it made me really happy every time it did, was whenever an outside person would, like, encounter Megan, and their reaction was always like, what the fuck? Like, oh shit, what is that? (laughs) Especially, like, this, like, in that scene, um, when they're both in the car, the school teacher is trying to call Caddy to come out, and the teacher, like, everyone keeps keeps thinking it's a child, and then they see her face, and they're like, oh, fuck that's a robot. Oh no. Oh really, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I she's really like, like yeah. She's like, hey, is oh, is that her sister? Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That part's great. I, I liked that that was included because I felt like it kind of speaks for the audience where it's like we're all like this this doll is not okay like this thing looks fucked up right right I'm yeah. glad that they acknowledged that yes. uh, outside of the crazy people building this robot that this is very yeah. uncanny valley very yes. unsettling <laughs> yeah yeah so I've got this it's a really small little moment but mm-hmm. it just really made me laugh because. I can sometimes be this person, but yes. So I really enjoyed that the snark between Gemma and Katie's therapist on that first visit. <laughs> yes. She's like, it's just that it was designed to do more, but yeah, let's just roll it back and forth like a ball. <laughs> but see, like Allison Williams is so good at playing that character. I love seeing that from her. Like I wanted to see more of that. She's gr- yeah, she is so great at being this like smart annoyed very type a character and yeah i i gotta admit though if i had some cool fucking toy and i like felt forced to take it out of the box for this kid that i'm in care of now i would also be annoyed that like i can't even play with the toy properly because the therapist is being shitty that that therapist sucks honestly yeah well, yeah, because she just, like, she had her own preconceived notions of how this should be working yeah. and threatened to take Katie away if it didn't fit into that tiny little box. Like, yeah. come on, this lady, this is a rich woman. She can afford to, like, hire a nanny. You don't, you're not taking away all the kids that are raised 100% by nannies from the rich people exactly. in Hollywood, are you? Mm? Exactly. Mm? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's what I had. 
So um, yeah, I I mean there was so much in this movie that I I enjoyed. Um, I liked the design. I also liked just the design of the toys. I thought they did a really good job of kind of what you said earlier, balancing that like uncanny valley with like something that you would actually see on the market. Um, totally. Uh, that was so fun. That was a great detail to see. And I liked how it, they like really just like the toy company is not good at all in this movie. Like they are very bad. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated that a lot too. Yeah. I, absolutely. I felt like it was an accurate representation yes. of this like billion dollar corporation and how just money, money, money is totally the bottom line. Yeah. yeah. No real concern for the like safety of the children that are playing with the toys. No, they because they look how fast they cranked that out. There wasn't like a trial period. Yeah. Like yeah. they they skyrocketed the most dangerous toy to ever be put on the market. I mean, she's a murderer. She murdered. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they didn't know that at the time, but like they didn't even check. But like I feel like sometimes people that design stuff or people that are in science and like you should be watching horror movies because you need to understand what the worst case scenario could be right <laughs> it's right like people designing toys are like they're like they're not the ones that are like the super creative ones that are like thinking about uh thinking about worst case scenarios all the time like you need to like combine these skills together to just like prepare for things you know right should every company like have an economist and an ethicist on the board <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that would be great <laughs> yeah i think it would be <laughs> yeah. so um would you like to plug some of your things that you do online and whatnot sure you guys can find me on instagram at bad critic and there's an underscore at the end of that i'm on twitter too with bad underscore critic um just hang out good vibes i talk a lot about horror movies uh, although right now i'm kind of switching over to cover more oscar related movies it is award season um so if that's your if you want to just like hang out and um just talk about some crazy movies uh that's where you can find me it's uh you know i i, I try to like get a couple posts out a week and uh it doesn't always happen but i'm i'm always around yeah, I enjoy your posts. Thank you. Yeah, I've yeah, I've been. I don't know how long I've been following you, but it's it's been a while. We've been like quietly following each other back. <laughs> yeah, and I love I love talking to. I've I've met so many cool people with different horror podcasts or different people who write about movies too. It's always fun to like talk to different people, and I actually especially love when people disagree with me. I love hearing um, uh, when people have like completely different takes on some movies or like uh just like see something completely different that's the best the best kind of conversation absolutely um all right well guys i'm not sure what we're gonna cover next on the pod but i'm sure it'll be something fun probably older because you know (laughs) this is the freshest fresh off the presses this is the freshest killer object movie out right now yeah we don't get too many killer object movies these days we don't they were very big and i want to i feel like the 80s was like a huge boom of them and i've done set a lot of 80s movies yeah but uh i know that we will be covering slacks on this pod soon oh awesome yeah yeah there's nothing hello canadian yeah right great canadian film it's a killer pair of blue jeans Which is high camp. <laughs> it's very camp. It, it was great. I was actually I, I saw a screening of it with just like the filmmaker and uh, and a few of the writers. No, it was a filmmaker writer who wrote it herself. Um, like in the height of COVID here in the city, it, it was a great experience. That's awesome. I'm also hoping to. I haven't actually talked to them about it yet, but there's some people who follow me 
that um, made a killer pinata film. Oh, damn. So I'm going to talk to them about maybe having them on to discuss their own movie. I think that'd be fun. I definitely need to check that out. So if you guys are listening, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hit her up. Talk about your movie. Promote yeah. Your movie. Yeah. yeah. I haven't talked to anyone who actually made it, that made the Killer Object movie. So I think that'd be a fun change of pace. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But all right, guys, we will see you next time. Same place, same station. thanks so much for listening yeah and uh thanks for being my guest of course thanks you thank you for having me attack of the killer objects is edited written and produced by anastasia bird that would be me aotko theme was created by me as well with free use music and clips from the following films Killer Sofa, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes, and Rubber. The outro music is They Come at Night by Shane Ivers, courtesy of SilvermanSound.com. Our website is linktree forward slash Attack of the Killer Objects. There you can find descriptions of all of our episodes as well as our merch store. We have apparel and accessories for all ages. Check it out. And if you enjoyed today's show, be sure to leave us a five-star review in the podcast app of your choice. Until next time.